Hi everyone, I'm Tanvi Nasir, and this is Leadership Biz Cafe, a show that looks at some of the challenges leaders face today and what you can do about it to ensure you succeed at driving your organization's efforts forward. Leadership Biz Cafe is brought to you by Tanvi Nasir Leadership, our leadership firm that offers both keynotes and corporate training events on various leadership topics like leadership development, organizational culture, and empowering employees. To learn more, visit our company's website at tanvernasir.com. That's T-A-N-V-E-E-R-N-A-S-E-E-R.com. And discover why we've been recognized by Inc. Magazine as not only one of their top leadership experts, but also one of their top leadership speakers. This episode has also been sponsored by UpCourses, an online learning platform where you'll find the Inspirational Leader course, where in just six weeks, you'll learn how to boost employee performance and commitment. And as a listener of Leadership Biz Cafe, you can get 40% off by using the promo code Tanvir Coupon. So go to courses.upcourses.com, that's courses.upcourses.com, and learn how you can improve the way you lead in just six short weeks. And with that, let's meet my guest for this episode, Maury Fontanez. I always say values are not just words that are written in an employee handbook. They are literally about your behavior. Uh, It's about how you are acting and the actions that you're making as a business and as a representative of that business. Organizational values are becoming a key focus for many leaders, especially with the growing attention being put on an organization's culture and its ability to attract and retain employees in today's shrinking labor market. And yet, despite this attention on articulating what an organization's values are, both publicly and internally, we continue to see examples of organizations saying they stand for one thing, but then doing the complete opposite. So how can leaders not only adopt, but promote organizational values that impact every decision, choice, and behavior made in the workplace, as opposed to simply being these lofty ideals we simply pay lip service to? That's the focus of this episode in my conversation with brand and change management expert, Maury Fontanez. Maury is the founder and CEO of the 822 Group, a consulting firm that describes their focus as being around value-based transformation. Using her expertise and reputation in change management, Maury has worked with several Fortune 500 companies, including Hewitt-Packard, Mars, AstraZeneca, J.P. Morgan Chase, and GE. Prior to her founding her own consultancy firm, Maury served as the Managing Director of Global Client Strategy at Eidelman, where she worked with clients to help develop strategies to achieve their reputational, cultural, and marketing objectives. Hi, Maury. Welcome to the show. Hi. It's so nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, Maury, you and I had a conversation earlier where we were discussing the importance of organizational values, and obviously there was a lot of simpatico in terms of how we view it. But to help start our conversation today, I was just wondering if you could share with us what made you want to focus your efforts on looking at helping organizations articulate and really clarify and also adhere to what they decide are their values. Why did you feel like this was something that was important for organizations and their leaders to focus on? Yeah, you know, for me, it all goes back to purpose. Uh, You know, I try to live my life in a very purpose-driven way. And so uh, being a strategist uh, who's been in uh, marketing and communications and change management Um, for the last, you know, 17 plus years, uh, I really focused a lot of my efforts on how can we help brands to better achieve purpose and connect to customers. And I think what we're seeing is that 
brands are really realizing that that is important, that that is almost becoming their license to operate, is to demonstrate their purpose to their customers. What I saw that was missing, however, was that while brands are figuring out how to market and advertise in a way that feels truly issue-oriented, uh, that impacts society, and that is purpose-driven, when you dug into the internal culture or to leadership and alignment, uh, there was still some work to do there. And so being someone that really believes in authenticity, and if you're going to say something, then you have to be able to walk the walk, I really felt that what I wanted to focus on is all three steps of the process. The first being, you know, how do we look internally at what your purpose and your values are? Uh, then how do we inspire your culture to live that out loud? And then how can we focus on branding and connecting with customers so that that full um, entity of the organization is truly purposeful and values driven? Absolutely. And you know, it's interesting, um, Warren, I remember this from our previous conversation and as why I was interested in having you on the show is because, you know, a lot of us, when we talk about values and organization and leadership, we all intuitively understand its importance Yet we constantly see these disparities in terms of how much people are actually living it, let's say, and how much they're saying, well, this is our values. And you're absolutely right that if we think of any organization in terms of their marketing, they make it abundantly clear what their values are or why we are presenting our product in this way or why are we focusing our efforts on that way? Because for them, it's a way of saying this is the narrative of what we're trying to inform to our potential customers, our clients, and so forth. But there is often that disconnect between what is it the message they're sending to us outwards and what they're saying inwards. In many ways, the story we tell ourselves and the story we tell others can sometimes not be the same story. Yes, absolutely true. And don't you find that that happens with individuals as well, right? So I actually think that it's, you know, when you're talking about values and purpose, it's really no different than the way that you want to live your life as an individual when you think about uh, how a business should operate. Absolutely. And I think part of the problem is, is that we tend to think of values as aspirational, right? When we're founding a company, we set up our mission statement, we set up our vision, and then we say, well, what are the values that are going to help be our cardinal points to help us set it? It's lofty. It's ambitious. We put it in the lobby. I've actually been to companies where I see those. Uh, these are our organization's values and stuff. And I actually walk around the organization, keeping that in mind to see how often I see that being reflected and, and actually being demonstrated like really with a lot of determination, with a lot of verve. And it's not really there, to be honest. It's not really present. So why is it that organizations, when the marketing team sits down, they can figure out how do we give a message that when people see it, they're going to intuitively understand this is what we're all about. And yet internally... There's not that same effort to say, how do we make sure that every the moment one employee walks in the office, and maybe even when they're not, just as an employee, when you're walking about, because that's a lot of things that companies are grappling with, especially with social media, is how do we make sure you're living those values, not just when you walk through the doors of our company, but basically in every, every touch point you have? Right. Well, it's natural, right? I mean, you think about businesses are oriented towards... Um, the bottom line, which makes sense. You, you need to be focused on revenue to be able to exist. And so, you know, naturally what comes out of that and historically, you know, has come out of that is millions and millions of dollars being spent on trying to understand the customer. And so there's deeper insight about what the customer needs. And as the customer's needs started to shift towards 
um, needing to connect to brands more deeply, needing brands to stand for a social issue, uh, those trends became very, very uh, apparent to organizations. And so it's easy then, once you have insight into needs, to, I shouldn't say easy, but it is um, essential and therefore the brands that want to really continue to uh, build on that bottom line and grow their revenue and connect with customers and build customer loyalty are naturally going to make that pivot because that's the demand that's coming from the customers. I think because then you know, we don't as naturally focus on, well, how do our employees play into that? Uh, looking at it as more of a holistic system, um, it is still bottom line driven, right? Your employee satisfaction and feeling that they are purposeful and purpose driven actually has, you know, proven um, through studies and research to uh, help businesses to thrive and to sell more and to connect better. Um, but sometimes, you know, I think that that connection isn't always made. And so therefore, naturally, uh, it, it, it does start with the marketing team rather than doing a self-assessment and thinking about, OK, what do we need to do to actually be able to say that we live this way and make our employees feel um, good about it? And so you're right. You know, I think I always say values are not just words that are written in an employee handbook. They are literally about your behavior. Uh, it's about how you are acting and the actions that you're making as a business and a, as a representative of that business. And what I always find is that when we get in there and we drill on, you know, what's your purpose? We focus on mission. What are your values? Um, they're not always clear. They're written on a wall. But first of all, they can be interpreted hundreds of different ways, um, but they're not actionable. And I really think that's the first area of focus is, and we spend a lot of time workshopping this with our clients, um, what does actionable mean for you for each of these values? And not only what does it mean for you as leaders, but then what does it mean in each department? How do you as a software engineer um, think about values differently than you would as a salesperson? Um, and you know, how do we customize the actions about around these values to make it really clear how to show up and behave as a representative of this organization and it gives you a chance as an employee to think about whether you align with the values and with the action statements and be more self-aware about, you know, if it's even the right place for you or if you can see yourself uh, thriving in an organization that values, you know, whatever it might be. You know, I actually think you touched on something there that maybe helps to articulate that kind of dichotomy that exists in terms of an organization's values in the context of how they present it outwardly and how they express it internally. And that is... As I said, in my experience with a lot of companies, when we talk about values, it tends to be aspirational. This is what we aspire to become. This is what we uh, are working towards becoming, and this is who we aim to be. But from the context of marketing, it's, as, it's actionable, as you just said. It's an actionable value. We're basically trying to present a campaign or a message that is going to create some form of action in our target audience. We don't want them to just feel good after watching this marketing video or seeing this marketing campaign. We actually want it to elicit a response of some sort. So if we are to then pivot internally in terms of how we view the values we have that define our organization, how do we shift from looking at them as being aspirational to actionable? Like what would you say as an example of an actionable value? 
Right. So, you know, I think that it's really important when we're looking at our values to do a, a few things. One, make sure that they're actually representative of who we are in the world as a business. You know, what is it that we are truly here to accomplish? I always say that, you know, your vision is about, you know, what you're going to do. Your mission is about how and your values are about how you will behave as you accomplish those things. So the first thing is to just make sure they're lined up to, you know, the, the purpose that you have in the world and how you're going to impact customers and employees' lives. Uh, the second part is to then take each one of those values and really think about what are some action statements that literally bring these things to life. So let's say that we value um, customer service. Okay, well, what does that mean to me, again, as a salesperson? And what does that mean to me if I'm sitting in a laboratory in R&D? How do I value customer service as an R&D person? Uh, what is the specific action statement around research um, that I can always keep in mind as I am showing up and just doing my day-to-day -day role? And then how do all of those things ladder up to just creating a consistent drumbeat of culture around how we look at these values and how we behave with each other and um, in the context of the customer. So, you know, I'm listening to this morning. You know, when we first talked about uh, values, the, the one thing I said to you is how I'm pretty much in alignment <laughs> with what you're saying about it. But I do want to play a little bit of a devil's advocate here because, again, I do find with a lot of work I do with leaders, there is that problem where they feel a disconnect. They either say, well, this is what we're trying to present as being these are the values that we want employees to use to help them uh, know what actions they should be taking on behalf of the organization, what behaviors we want them to demonstrate, but that's not being reflected. Conversely, I'll see, I'll talk with employees who will, you know, after I've spoken with the senior VP who will say, well, yeah, that's the talk he gives, but often we find he's not walking that talk. And I remember when we originally talked, one of the examples that came to mind, because there have been several companies we can point to that have had examples where they claim that this is who we are, but then they get caught in this moment of having a problem of showing complete lack of understanding of the world around them or who they're trying to serve, or even just an outright violation of the values they claim. And the example I remember sharing with you was Wells Fargo, who a few years ago uh, was caught having this issue where they had created 2 million fraudulent bank and credit card accounts where they basically created these false accounts for their clients in order to increase fees they charged to their existing client base. And it became this huge PR nightmare for Wells Fargo and how did they were going to address it. And I remember writing about it because at the time, and I don't think they have it up anymore, understandably, but I found it astonishing in the midst of this whole PR maelstrom that they were in, they had on a uh, company webpage, which they called Our Values, uh, this statement that they had written, all team members should know our values so well that if our policy manuals didn't exist, we would still make decisions based on our common understanding of our culture and what we stand for. If we had to choose, we'd rather have a team member who lives by our values than one who just memorizes them. And I remember seeing this on their webpage while they were in the midst of this whole scandal. And I thought it was really quite telling that they hadn't even noticed that this was up there for anybody to see, that this is the values that they were saying, this is what we want our employees to do. And yet here they were clearly violating uh, those values. So then how do we make the argument 
if we're going to make our values be actionable as opposed to aspirational, how do we make sure that in that day-to-day where we're trying not just to get things done, but maybe even stay ahead of the competition, how do we make sure we stay true to those values that we say, this is who we are, so that we're not going to be like Wells Fargo and not to just dump on them. There's been several other examples. I mean, Pepsi with their uh, video that some people might remember that a lot of people were arguing is being tone deaf. Uh, There's been a lot of examples of that where companies supposedly say these are our values and yet they get caught in very public fashion showing that what they say they are or who they are about is not reflected in the actions they, they undertake. So how do organizations look out for that and what are the warning signs they should be looking out for? Yeah, you know, I think that's why it's really important to start with leadership alignment, because if leadership does not know how to lead in a value-based way, it does become just uh, work that you are maybe encouraging your employees to live, but if they're living them and leadership is making decisions that are not value-based, you know, it doesn't really matter. So I think it really starts with a, a few things. It's not just alignment amongst leadership, but we've got to change the narrative about what leadership means. I think that, you know, the more that we spend time with leaders and we talk about uh, the difference between um, empathetic leadership and, uh, you know, the kind of leadership that used to be valued, which is like, you know, more about authority and power. Um, there's a lot of fear-based leadership where decisions are made because of the fear of what might be rather than coming from a strong sense of who you are as a leader and what is best for the organization. Uh, so I think we really do have to start by building leaders that lead differently, that, that really value um, things that are maybe uh, what would have been described as softer or more intangible, but more well-rounded leaders that are, first of all, self-aware, that are accountable, and that have empathy. And I think that if we have leaders that can do that, then they can make the hard decisions um, to not do something because it looks like it's an immediate impact to the bottom line, or to not be held to standards from their boards and from their own leaders um, that are these harder metrics, but that the organization, that the leadership of that organization has shifted and evolved into almost a new level of consciousness around um, what true leadership looks like. And that it's, again, a more well-rounded approach. Uh, That's when you can be courageous as a leader. And it does take courage to make value-based decisions uh, because sometimes you're going to face some hard questions. And sometimes, you know, Microsoft is my favorite example. Um, Satya Nadella, who I think is an amazing CEO, um, took over is very value-based, but you saw that, you know, in those initial, you know, year or two, revenue took a dip. Now it's higher than it's ever been before. They're held as one of the top um, leaders in culture and value-based decision-making and purpose-led brand. Um, But that was a big risk. It took a lot of courage to say, you know, we're going to make decisions that come from emotional intelligence. We're going to focus on storytelling to each other first. We're going to focus on doing what's right by each other and our customer and our values. Um, And it takes a while to make that pivot. Uh, It's going to become necessary in order to survive is my point of view. So I think it's worth the time. But I think we've got to focus our conversations on, you know, empowering our leaders to lead in a different way and that being uh, something that is encouraged. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, listening to you speak right now just brought almost the conversation full circle to your initial comments when we started this conversation about organizational values. 
and you brought up this notion of authenticity. I actually had had many conversations with people of authenticity and point out to people that I often find, and I've written about it, that we tend to get it wrong in the context that we always talk about it being just bringing the real you to the conversation. And I think right now you've pretty much articulated what it really is about in the context of how we can embrace and be consistent with our values and that if we want our leaders to be authentic and true, it's really about making sure that people know, you walk into that conversation, the conference room, that meeting, people should know, your employees should know what to expect from you and where you're headed because your values are so consistent in terms of how it affects your outlook, your behavior, and the actions you're going to undertake. Because I think a lot of times we, again, tend to think in values in this uh, nice aspirational idea that you know we're going to be this person who's trustworthy, person of integrity, and such and so forth. But I think from my vantage point, our values should be recognized as being a product of our experiences, our education, our worldview, and who we are from as a consequence of all that. And when you take that perspective as that's what your values are, it becomes easier to recognize uh, that you're pretty much doing that in your everyday. So how do you basically magnify that and make that your focal point in everything you do and not shortcut because you just want to get this done? Yeah. And, you know, really, I also think as leaders, really, truly valuing connections. You know, one of my favorite authors is Renee Brown. Um, and, you know, in her book around radical vulnerability, it really talks about the power of being able to just show who you are and, you know, be vulnerable with your people, especially as leaders. Uh, the trust that that creates when a leader can let those walls down and, again, put aside old notions of this is what a CEO acts like. Right. But just walk in as a human first and show a little bit of that vulnerability. That's what builds the connection. Um, and then your decisions are trusted. But you then, I think, as a leader, feel more confident, again, being courageous and making those value based decisions, because now you have this loyal army of employees behind you who have gotten to know you, who trust you and who will stand up for you, even when those dips happen, because they're inevitable. But the you know, amazing opportunity that comes out of those dips is really something that, you know, you can't even um, anticipate when you're in that moment. You, you don't even realize when you're making this pivot to being more value-based and, and empathetic and connected, what is on the other end. I mean, it's success times more than we've seen now. Right. And, you know, it's something that's been coming to my mind right now, we've been talking a lot about uh, values, organizational values in the context of leadership and how leaders present themselves. Uh, but earlier, we were also discussing the connection between values and purpose. And obviously, purpose is something that cannot exist solely in the leader. I mean, when the leader, if you're really, truly a successful leader, the purpose of your organization will exist well after you've departed, right? Uh, to your point about the example of Balmer and Microsoft and how the value of that company has gone up, uh, which is because in large part because of the foundation he's created that they're now building upon. But if we're talking about purpose and values and how leaders show up, when it comes to creating these values or articulating what the values of organization is, do you include employees in that process? Do you uh, find out what matters to them to make them feel like the work they're doing is purpose-led? And how do you then articulate and find that balance between what a leader sees as this is what we need to get done to achieve this vision and what it is that employees need to feel a sense of purpose in what they're contributing. 
100%. And that's really why, you know, when I mentioned those three kind of stages, um, you know, employees and culture really fits in that second stage. First, the leader has to get clear and the leadership has to be aligned. But then it's really about um, collaborating and co-creating with employees. And there's a number of ways to do that. You know, first of all, your mission, your purpose, you know, really is just uniquely yours as a business. And that's something that I think employees are just looking to understand. They don't necessarily feel that they have to co-create that. However, I do think that there is room for what is the evolution of that mission based on how employees see the world, um, what their lives look like when they leave um, and act as consumers as well. But also from a value standpoint, uh, you know, one thing that we really focus on is personal value excavation where we'll work with employees on what are your personal values? Do you understand those even? And then how do we use those to teach you about how to collaborate in teams better? and how to be more open and self-aware when you're in a disagreement um, so that you can express what value is in misalignment. Uh, but what also comes from that is that you're also help, able to help the organization evolve their values and their action statements um, so that you're more aware about how to lead personally from a value standpoint. You can contribute to this um, you know, values-led culture. So I think there's a lot of room to offer employees the opportunity, one, to raise their own self-awareness, and then two, to become a part of the conversation, to share their points of view, and then to be open to evolving your mission, evolving your values, evolving your purpose, based on you know, the information and the insights you're receiving from those very important people that are helping you uh, to run the business. You know, I'm glad, more you brought up the idea, the point about culture and organizational culture, because it's certainly getting a lot of press these days where people are pointing out the importance of developing, articulating your organizational culture. And of course, there's some people who also then start arguing about culture fit. But on the flip side, the culture fit, and I think that's one of the reasons why I'm beginning to appreciate how it's really problematic, is how we often then see people talking about struggles with diversity and inclusion. How do we, for example, get more women into the leadership development pipeline? How do we get more visible minorities into the leadership development pipeline? And so there's almost this kind of contradictory nature when we talk about culture fit and increasing diversity, which obviously there's numerous number of studies out there that have demonstrated so many benefits that come with that. So when it comes then to using our values to articulate our culture, how do we then, if that's the case, if it starts with our values, how do we make sure that our values are inclusive? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think that I, I have this, I obviously, I'm a female of color who has had the opportunity to rise um, and, and play a leadership role. And obviously now I'm a CEO. So this is near and dear to my heart. And I, you know, when I get asked this question, I have an answer that I think starts out to sound controversial, which is that I think that when we focus on inclusivity, we miss the point um, because it is less about uh, really focusing on how do I drive inclusivity and more about how do I better understand what is needed to make this place truly thrive and look at people um, for what they can bring in this neutral way where I, because I better understand mission, I better understand our values, I'm able to articulate that, attract more diverse groups of people to me as a business because I'm more self-aware and articulate about what our purpose is. Um, and then I'm attracting purpose-driven people. 
And so at that point, yes, then you want to look at skill set and you want to understand, um, you know, culture fit. But it's, it's less about uh, really focusing on, OK, so these are my quotas and more about understanding how can diversity allow me to grow this culture? What are how do I be open to other points of view is what I'm trying to say, really. So it's less about inclusivity and more about how, you know, how can multiple points of view allow your culture to grow and thrive? Uh, and if you're starting from a sound place of understanding who you are and maybe, you know, where you want to go, then you can open your mind to what are the other points of view that will allow this to grow and thrive? Um, and just to start having those conversations. And I think you'd be surprised how many different types of people enter that discussion and how, again, your kind of consciousness as an organization grows because of the discussions that you're opening yourself up to. Right. I, you know, I love your answer. I mean, it's pretty much in alignment with mine in that. I think part of the challenge that we have is that we make our values so rigid that it doesn't allow for that room for interpretation, which is where you can have these, oh, I hadn't thought of it from that perspective. And that's what allows for people to become attracted because people can bring, and as I've talked in previous episodes of my show, people can bring themselves into the story. Right. And how cool is it for you to say as an employer brand, these are our values and we're really excited to learn about how we can, you know, how you interpret them. Absolutely. Or we're really excited to see how you're going to help us to grow in a different direction. That just invites a whole different conversation when you're thinking about recruiting than here are our values, let's figure out how you fit. Exactly, exactly. And again, when we kind of try to narrow the definition, then by default, it makes it necessary then for you to look at putting in quotas and so forth because you realize you're now having this homogenous almost groupthink mentality going on just because you've made it so narrow and you're not allowing for this space for interpretation and for people to introduce themselves into that story, which when you do, right, and I think this goes back to the whole discussion we were talking about purpose-led work, when you create work that makes people find a sense of meaning and purpose, people are going to naturally gravitate towards it because that sense of purpose is aligned with what they want to do with their lives as well. But if you narrow that interpretation to a very specific set because you want to say, well, this is what we are and we want to stick to this, then it suddenly becomes very exclusionary and limiting. And so yourself, you have a self-fulfilling prophecy at that point. Right. The other thing I'm wondering, too, uh, Maury, is when we talk about values, too, like obviously, as I brought up the example of Wells Fargo and there, there's Pepsi and there's so many others. There's United Airlines, too, recently that has had a number of things go wrong on their front. Uh, South with Airlines, I remember having an example that started making it look like they were starting to deviate after 40 years from what their organizational values espouse to be. So as much as we want to make sure our values act as cardinal points where it helps us know this is the direction we need to take, this is the behaviors we need to have. How do we also allow for it to give us room for experimentation and failure? How do we make sure that people can kind of, like we just discussed, allow for interpretation that can kind of push the envelope, but at the same time allows us to remain true to who we say we want to be? Right. I mean, again, if we go back to this definition of values really being about how you behave as you are uh, marching towards your mission, then there has to be room for experimentation and failure, right? Uh, I think that you know, when you look at value statements, um, it's important to think about not necessarily how do we make these as 
um, prescriptive as possible, but more what is the spirit um, through which we want people to approach this work? What is the focus areas that we really think we as an organization with our specific mission in this world need to focus on? Is it on details? Is that what's really important? And then we can work with our teams to figure out how do, how do details, like I said, what does that mean to you versus what does that mean to the legal and compliance team you know, versus the marketing team? Is it more about, is the spirit more about exploration and adventure? Um, you know, is, there, is it in a known outdoor company, for example, you know, REI, that's one of their values is focused on really valuing this sense of exploration. So then that is broad enough um, to where you could think about exploration in a hundred different ways. And that's where the fun comes in is to work with your teams and your leaders and your departments on, all right, let's talk about what exploration means to us. How do we show up every day as part of the communications team and really live exploration? And maybe that is we try for stories that don't fit sometimes. Um, we create narratives that aren't right and we fail. Um, that's okay as long as we are living in the spirit of whatever that value is. And so that's why I say it's really important that you're bringing your teams along to really help customize uh, the action statements around those values um, so that they can really live them. I like that. So it's essentially inviting people as opposed to telling them to help define what your values are. Absolutely. And I think it's also another thing that just came to mind when I was listening to you talk just now, Maury, is how you know, our values shouldn't be something that makes us feel good. It shouldn't be something that we can tell people because, well, we want to tell them, well, we work at this company, this is what our values are. But really, in the context of experimentation and failure, the idea here is improvement, right? So our values in that regard then should inspire us to figure out how do we become that better version of who we can be. Absolutely. And it's all about, again, it's also about getting comfortable with evolving. Uh, and really being excited about that and, and realizing that um, this is an evolution. Your customers' needs are going to change. The employees' needs change. Um, and so we have to be open as a business to keeping our ear um, on the ground. That's why I talk a lot about empathy because it's about being able to listen without putting yourself in the story and then uh, evolving based on how those needs are shifting. Right. And I love the idea that you're bringing up about empathy and values. We don't hear a lot about that, except unless empathy is one of your organization's values. So when it comes then to the expression or making our organizational values actionable, what role then does empathy play in that? I mean, I, for me, I'm thinking about the context of, again, going back to how we started our conversation where we discussed how marketing uses organizational values to basically represent how we want people to think of what our organization is all about. But internally, I guess it's more about basically trying to understand how the values we've ascribed and how it affects the behaviors and actions we take. What's the impact that's having on those around us? Yeah. Well, I mean, look, let's, let's take four values that you see some form of more often than not, right? Collaboration, customer first, curiosity, quality. These are words you see show up in corporate values a lot. If you actually really dig into those terms and concepts, it's not possible to achieve any of those things without empathy. So I don't think empathy is a value. I think empathy is a table stakes to being able to live your values. It's the tool, it's the vehicle that gets you to really being able to live these values. So if 
you know, collaboration or curiosity is a value, how do you actually collaborate or open yourself enough to be curious without uh, really being open to how others are feeling and experiencing the world? And, you know, I always talk about empathy as being the ability to really put yourself in someone else's shoes and to be able to listen in this open way, but without sticking yourself right in the middle of their story. Um, and so, you know, if we look at any organizational value, if you take that very broad definition of empathy, it's necessary to achieve any of those things. I love that, Maury. That's such a great point. And it really demonstrates that in many ways, empathy is what carries our organizations forward and brings them to life. It's not so much something that's a cardinal point. Well, it's, it's one of the things, not the thing, but it's one of the things that makes a leader someone that you would do anything for if you really feel that they are connected to your Now, we've covered a lot of ground, Maureen. I just wanted to give you a moment here to basically share what's that one key takeaway that you want our listeners here to take from our conversation today in the context of if they're now maybe pondering their organizational values and they're thinking maybe we want to relook at it, what is the one thing you want to leave them with in that process of maybe trying to re-examine and explore? Yeah. Can I have two? Sure. Go for it. Anyway, I think they're hand in hand. I would say the first one is uh, I understand that everyone is very busy and that there are a lot of competing priorities just to be able to show up the next day and you know get the work done to meet the customers where they're at. Um, but make the time to do this excavation. Make the time to really focus on not just your values, but truly, again, your purpose. Um, and your mission, um, and, and really understand, is this what we live every day? Are we all aligned in marching towards this vision? And are we all aligned in doing that by behaving with these values? And then the second is, understand that it is a longer and more complex process than it might seem. If you truly want these to be livable, actionable, and transform your business, um, then it is not just about sitting down and writing them and having a meeting and being excited. It's then truly about examining how do we make decisions? What does our operational alignment look like? How do our leaders lead? Do they have the support to lead the right way? How do we get our employees on board? And then also, how do we work with our marketing and communications teams and agencies to make sure there's a strong values and purpose filter in everything we're saying? And that takes time, but it is absolutely worth the effort because when the transformation happens, and the organization is truly purposeful, everyone can feel it, and then you're held high um, as the standard. You know, I just mentioned Microsoft. That's how they got there. Love it. Great, great piece of advice to leave our listeners with. Hey, Maury, thank you so much. We had a great conversation the first time we were talking about organizational values and purpose-led work, so I really appreciate you coming on the show and continuing that conversation with me. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed the discussion as well. So some important ideas to consider when it comes to making sure your organization's values are actionable and not simply aspirational. And as I said, what will also help you ensure that the story you tell others and the story you tell your employees both mirror your organization's real purpose of why you do what you do. To learn more about Maury's work as well as to check out some articles of mine that examine organizational values and deriving purpose in what we do, go to the show notes for this episode that you can find at tanvinasir.com slash LBC. That's T-A-N-V-E-E-R-N-A-S-E-E-R dot com slash L-B-C. 
And that's a wrap for another episode of Leadership Biz Cafe brought to you by Tavenisier Leadership. Looking for a keynote speaker or corporate trainer for your next event? Then visit our company's website at tavernasir.com and discover why we've been recognized by Inc. Magazine as not only one of their top leadership experts, but also one of their top leadership speakers. And this episode has been sponsored by UpCourses, an online learning platform where you'll find the Inspirational Leader Course, a six-week course that will teach you how to boost employee performance and commitment. And as a listener of this podcast, you'll get 40% off the regular price by using the promo code Tanvir Coupon. So go to courses.upcourses.com, that's courses.upcourses.com, and learn how you can improve the way you lead today. Now, if you have any questions or comments, drop me a note through the contact form on my website. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review my podcast on Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you find and listen to this show. And don't forget, you can now also listen to this show on Spotify as well. You can find links to subscribe to these platforms on the podcast page at tavernasir.com slash LBC. And with that, I'm Tavernasir, and you've been listening to Leadership Biz Cafe. Music